Do you need treatment or surgery? There's no need to wait or travel abroad. Receive treatment at Kingsbridge Private Hospital in Belfast or Ballykelly under the Northern Ireland Planned Healthcare Scheme at potentially no cost. Why wait? Text hello to 51777 or visit kingsbridgeprivatehospital.com for further information. Let's Go Green, sponsored by Airgrid, managing and operating Ireland's electricity grid for a cleaner energy future. Check out airgrid.ie for more. Hello, and you are very welcome to this week's episode of Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103. Each week on this programme, we try to give you tips and tricks on how you can make some small changes that will have a lasting impact in terms of well, mitigating against climate change and perhaps thinking a little bit differently. A little bit later on uh, tonight's show, we're going to be looking at lunchboxes because we are at that time of year where we are, I suppose, saying goodbye to the summer slumber and starting the year afresh for many, many households. Now, I know some people don't have back to school in their households and it's just a normal day of the week and a normal week for you, but thousands of people do. And I thought it might be nice to see how we can make those lunch boxes a little bit more sustainable, a little bit more, you know, interesting and healthy to boot. So we will be joined by a local nutritionist later on in the show. But given that we are now in the back to school season and there'll be a lot of students, perhaps in transition year and fifth year in secondary school in particular, and even in sixth year, who would like to do something positive with the environment, would like to maybe study the issue a little bit more deeply and take it into consideration when they look to plan their careers. And I thought it's an opportunity time to speak with our guidance counsellor, Betty McLaughlin. Betty, you are very welcome back to Let's Go Green. Thank you very much, Ashley. Delighted to be back. <laughs> now, Betty, it's always a pleasure to have you uh, speak on the show. And I think the last time we spoke about this was in around the same time last year. There were a number of courses that might pique the interests of young people looking ahead at their college life. And I think that's only grown since. Like one of the courses that piqued my interest there when I was having a quick look earlier on um, and on fetch courses in particular was tourism and ecotourism over in Tubber Curry at the North Connacht College. Like there's just so many options that for a teenager, it might be hard to know where to start. Well, absolutely. And, you know, having a look there uh, myself as well for you on the national database there, qualifax.ie, if anybody's interested, there are 55 courses, you know, ranging from, like you said, the fetch course, starting off, there's 18 PLC courses, which have environmental and agricultural um uh, dimensions to them. There is five level seven ordinary level degree courses. There's 11 agricultural specialisms available in different areas like plants, food science, food diet and health and agriculture and environment. Uh, there are, of course, three main um, agricultural science courses which would cover all the environmental there are students attending who are interested in agriculture this year, I find, are in environmental. They're looking at the agricultural side of it, too, because we really are under pressure between the Ukraine and everything else to produce our own uh, grain and so on. And, you know, agriculture is our big 
biggest. It's our absolutely biggest industry, believe mm. it or not, in mm. Ireland. And we have 11, there are three amazing courses. If you wanted to do ag science, it will bring you into anything. Uh, you can do agri-environmental. Uh, you know, it starts at that. As well as that, we have environmental health. We have environmental engineering. We have sustainability courses. You know, it's absolutely the amount of choice that is there is just it's it's it can be overwhelming actually for students. Actually. That's just and it. And like, yeah, let's yeah. let's be honest about this, Betty. Some of these websites are not well; they're not the sexiest on the planet when it comes to these databases, and and sometimes they can be a little bit difficult to navigate. So, how important is it when you're like if you go onto Fetch courses or onto Qualifax or even onto the CAO? How important are your keywords to know what like to put in to search for? Because that's well, it, that kind of the starting point, isn't it? Well, it absolutely is. And I suppose, say you go on, I would say one of the most reliable that's updated nationally, uh, you know, is the Qualifax.ie. There is also careersportal.ie, which take a feed from Qualifax. But say where to start with Qualifax.ie. It is very important to put in. So say you're interested in the environment, then absolutely put in the environment. If you're interested in the environment with agriculture, you can put in agriculture as well. More courses will come up. But what I would say to any student out there is to keep their course as broad as possible. So, you know, if, if they can at all, because when you go into first year in college, then you get a taster of all aspects of environmental studies or agricultural studies or food science and crop science or plants and people. And all those things are all tied into the environmental and, you know, sustainable living and, and healthy living and all those things. So I think, you know, a student coming out of Leaving Cert, as you know, Ashling, they've done seven subjects. They have touched on seven different areas. They're very well educated. But at the same time, they won't have a deep understanding of what do we talk about with the environmental and agricultural management, for example? What do we talk about when we discuss agriculture and farming and getting a green cert? You know, there's even a course in UCD, agricultural, food science, bees, pollination and people. Oh, wow. So the, yeah, absolutely. So the ideal thing to do really would be to look at um, taking a broad course, doing a taste of all aspects of that course mm. in first year. And then deciding which area here interests me the most, which excites me the most, that is enough for me, that will interest me and, you know, suit me to study for the next two, three years, whatever exit you want to come out with your degree and that you will have enjoyed it and have a specialism and enjoy working in that area. Now, a very important point you make there about the keyword, once you see a course, it's not enough to just go by that name that comes up. You absolutely need to click on that course. You need to scroll down very quickly and look at, well, first of all, see, have you got the minimum requirements to gain entry into that course? That would be the might be required subjects, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I would go down and I would look at subjects taught or modules, as they call it. And once you look at those subjects, you will see, well, am I interested in food? Am I interested in agricultural management? Am I interested in alternative sustainable energy? What is my interest here? Because this is what I'm studying on this course. And do these modules excite me? Because if they don't interest you and they don't excite you, it's absolutely useless because you will not enjoy the course. It won't be the course 
that is going to fulfill you. And then once you've learned that, but if you are happy with those subjects, then you scroll down and you look at the career options. And at the end of the career options, it will always show you the career destinations of students who have completed that course and where they are now working. Mm. And that's also important for a young student looking at a course and but where will that take me? What will I end up doing? What will I be? These are dilemmas that students have and they really need that information so that they will make informed choices that will get them meaningful employment for them and a course that they will enjoy and that they will get the skills that they need and require to go into the labour market and do the work that they love. And Betty, like I know when I was doing this, which was not yesterday, unfortunately, <laughs> but like I, I talked to my friends about it a lot. We were all very stressed out. Um, you know, there was definitely we were definitely in panic mode. Um, it all felt terribly daunting. I was really lucky in that I could chat to my parents about it and like my mum in particular did an awful lot of research on my behalf. You know, I had um, people that I could go to and ask for advice, but I'm conscious that not everybody has that. So how important is it to maybe ask your teachers in school or the guidance counsellor in your school like just to have a chat because, you know, this, this can be terribly overwhelming. Well, it absolutely can. And the first person, the first protocol and the service that is available in in schools for students, recognising the fact how overwhelming it is and the amount of information that's needed, because you want to set yourself up to succeed, not to, to fail or to fall out or drop out of college if you can. So it is vital that you talk to your guidance counsellor. Now, in a lot of cases, once the results come out next Friday on the 25th of September, guidance counsellors are generally back in school and available to take calls. So that's the first thing. There will also be a national helpline, which is 1-800-265-265, which is manned by guidance, qualified guidance counsellors. It's run by the Irish Independent and the National Parents Council. So that's a free call number, 1-800-265-265. And please do use it. It's free for you. If there are qualified people there who can advise you about courses. And the third thing I would say, don't take a course unless you have researched it. It makes mm. no, no, you know, it makes no sense. If you're still unsure after all that, even if you've got the points for a course, even if you get an offer, you have, you have still got choices. You could defer that course. You can still apply for a post-leaving cert course or a fetch course and see if it is for you. The post-leaving cert course route it gives you a great year to prepare for college. It gives you great skills to succeed in college. And it gives you a total insight into what that course is about, what the information is. And it is an absolutely wonderful opportunity that students have. And right through the Midlands, Ashton, as you know, we have great opportunities there for students to do uh, post-leaving their courses. We have most business college. We have for example, in, in Athlone Community College, mm-hmm. we have here, we have um, in, in, in Mullingar, we have the Community College, all offering great courses. And I know, you know like in the LOETB, there's the Education Centres in, Pol- in Portlaoise and Tullamore as well. So there, there are oh, so many options. And I know myself because I'm a lecturer in Ballyfermot College of Further Education. Absolutely. And we don't... one of our outstanding colleges, actually, <laughs> if I may say so. Well, Indeed, thank you. Thank you very much. But, from Ballyfermot. Well, yes. there are. There, there may have been an Oscar or two down through the years. But, uh, there was indeed. <laughs> we, like, we, we, we don't start lecturing until late September 
number and applications for ourselves and our sister colleges around the country are still open. So if open, the, yes. if the results don't come don't come your way, there are so mm-hmm. many options. And I think, like, in fairness to Minister Simon Harris, um, like on the one hand. I, I do get a bit irked because I know in our own college we teach up to level eight in Ballyfermot College. We okay. we have a number of degrees. We've level six, level five, level four. So there's loads okay. of options there, and there is a bit of a, a spin at the moment where additional level eight options are now are now being added in to FE colleges around the country. I suppose we would say we were already doing it ourselves, but. It is great to see this investment and all of these new opportunities come on stream for students. And like, even if you don't get what you were hoping for on the CAO, there's a whole other system there that you really should be investigating. Absolutely is. And I agree with you, Ashley, that Simon Harris has for certain, you know, opened people's minds to Mm. that. He has made huge efforts to show that the CAO system is definitely not the only show in town, as we know, you and I. And, you know, some of our most successful students have taken the PLC route, have had a lot of satisfaction, much more enjoyment than, you know, students who might have gone on in, uh, you know, into a course that they weren't sure of. They have come out. And, you know, of course, Ballyfermot is one of the, the courses. It was one of the colleges where you can go on to go on to level eight. But in a number of other colleges, for example, I think they wouldn't have that same accreditation. So they would do their PLC and then they transfer. Mm-hmm. But that's okay too. You know, that is okay too. And it's absolutely perfect for any student. I would consider it an excellent option. Now, Betty, I was speaking with Niall Hatch from Birdwatch Ireland a couple of weeks ago on the show. And and we were talking about, you know, like he was saying that like, there's money to be made if you want to study ornithology. There's environmental planners are now basically able to write their mm-hmm. own checks because they're, they're, mm-hmm. there's so much of a need for them and there's not enough of them in the country. And I know I'm not a parent myself, but I know a lot of the time when there are these conversations at home, mommy and daddy or granny or uncle or whatever, they want to know what's the job. If you take this course, what's the job? And they might be not necessarily uncomfortable, just a bit nervous of someone doing a broad ranging course to start off with that if they can't see a direct connection between that specific course and that specific job, they might get a bit, oh God, I don't know, would you not just do something a more a straighter route? So can you ease any concerns that yeah. parents might well, have? Well, again, I, yes, because again, there are jobs and as you know, there are jobs there, there will be jobs there next year that are not there today. Mm. The labour market is con- is a very very fluid situation and jobs are coming there they they arise out of a need out of a new you know venture out of a new necessity and as you know uh, there are jobs that were not there when we did our leaving cert that are not that were not there uh, there are courses definitely there that we wouldn't have known about oh, absolutely, and of course yeah. there parents are fear the unknown mm-hmm. education is a huge investment it's very costly and as a result, you will have parents who will be afraid of, you know, they will be fearing this is a big outlay for me. I want you to have meaningful employment. I want you to have a job at the end of this. That is the, the ultimate goal here. So they will be anxious about that and you cannot blame them. But again, I would go back and I would say to them to ensure that they look at the, they look at the, uh, the jobs, the careers that come out the careers that are there, the graduate destinations of particular courses, 
And that would ease their mind when they see the amount of different areas and the variety of options that are there in the labour market for students once they have completed that course. So I would absolutely urge them to go into Qualifex.ie to put in the course they're thinking about, to scroll down once they've got that course and look at the graduate destinations, career and progression. That particular section would really alleviate some of their concerns. And then... Like I know, and this is a question I think a lot of people have been having over recent years when there were changes in how the points were allocated and the results were allocated as a result of COVID. And we don't need to go back over that. But mm-hmm. there were uh, there were maybe a lot of people who got into courses um, that very well might might do very, very well on those courses, but they might not previously have done so because they might not have gotten the points. And like, is there any follow through there as to the dropout rate, Betty, um, in um, terms of like, because I know when I went to college, um, I went to DCU and I remember at the time it was, it, we used to call it CA. It was some sort of computer softwareing course. It was a really challenging one. And at the time in the college, it had the highest dropout rate. And that's almost, that's 20 years ago now, you might as well say. So, so and things have changed. Like this idea of going off and doing something broader in the area of interest, I would suspect leads to fewer dropouts because you're getting the taste and then you're delving into it maybe as you go, as you become more specific, whereas maybe going something very specific that you're not sure of at the beginning, it doesn't necessarily start you off on a successful route. Yes, 100% there, Ashley. That is why it's, it does protect the, the, the you know, the, the, the fi- first of all, every college wants their student, as you know, no more than Valley Fermat, every college wants their student to succeed. They want them to come in, they want to retain their students and they want them to be happy. Yeah. But the situation is every every college is required to report their statistics every year uh, in relation by the HEI, the Higher Education Authority, HEA. They would have those statistics and they would be, I mean, colleges have to be accountable. They have to, you know, show that they're they're delivering on their courses because remember, they are getting huge subsidies and huge sponsorship per student, uh, you know, just like the, the a capitation fee per student from the Department of Education. Uh, so they need to produce, you know, those stats and they need to also produce their graduate destinations to, I suppose, to affirm that the courses that are on offer are in touch with the labour market and that students are progressing out of them, you know. So there are those stats are available. I'm sure if you went on to the Higher Education Authority that they are available, certainly. Uh, Very often, once a year, at some stage, there is, you will see reports come out saying the dropout rate, for example, on computer courses could be 50% as high in some cases. Very often, again, the reason for that would be that students would think they would be used to, you know, playing computer games. I say it to them all the time. This is not computer games when you go into study computers, coding Mm -hmm. and all that. It's quite mathematical and, you know, it's again going in, not having done the research, not realising the course, not realising the subjects that you're going to have to study in order to succeed uh, in that course. So again, it's all back to researching, asking questions as well, speaking to your guidance counsellor and, you know, if you get an offer there uh, on the 30th of September after the results, it is so important if you're not sure what that course is, pick up that phone and do ring the National Parents Helpline 
in conjunction with the Irish Independent and the Institute of Guidance Councils, where you will have qualified guidance counsellors on that line, ready to answer your questions before you accept that course. I would think that is essential. And then if you're not happy, you have the post-leaving cert course, you can look at the apprenticeships. They are all continuing, as we have already said there, to recruit right through the summer. And the really important message here, Betty, is don't panic. There are so many options available to you. There are so many people available to support you. And if you end up in a course in any college at whatever level and you're in there maybe a couple of weeks and you're not, you're you're maybe second guessing yourself, like ask for help in the college. Every college has a guidance counsellor. Every course will have a course coordinator at whatever level you're at. So like go and ask for support. And if you don't really know them well enough, you you feel maybe they don't know me, go back to your secondary school and ask for advice because they have had you for a couple of years. They do know you a little bit better. Like there's, there's always someone there who will be able to talk you through this. They're absolutely real asking. And, you know, often if a student rang me and they were, you know, wavering or, you know, faltering on a course, I would I would put them in touch even. It's very easy for a guidance counsellor. We work with the universities. We have the liaison person. We have the contact list at our hands, at our fingertips. So I would put them in touch with the person even. So if you're afraid to go yourself, absolutely contact your old guidance counsellor <laughs> and they'll come through for you. They'll, they'll come up trumps. I can guarantee you that they will. And again, there are wonderful services, student services in the colleges. And I would, I would ask all students, in order to be aware of what those services are, make sure that you attend the orientation week uh, where they will tell students where they can go for help and what's available to them. And remember, you've paid your admissions fee and that admission fee covers the cost of getting those supports. That's what it goes towards, you know, mm-hmm. and that's there for you. And everybody wants you to have, a, you know, a, a, a good experience, a positive experience that's going to work for you. So don't hesitate to seek help. Well, Betty McLaughlin, it's always a pleasure to speak to you on the programme. And as Betty says, if you're starting out on this journey, if you're just heading into the the senior cycle of secondary school, now's the time to do your research. Have a look at Fetch courses, have a look at Careers Portal and Qualifax, speak to your guidance counsellor. And if you're interested in environmental issues, now's the time. You there's, The world is your oyster when it comes to the amount of courses available right here in Ireland for you to take up that study area of of study. Betty, thank you so much for your time. You're very welcome, Ashley, and best of luck to all the students receiving their results on the 25th. We will be thinking of you and still feeling nervous 20 years on. You never get over that one. Well, we will be back after the break. Let's Go Green, sponsored by Airgrid, managing and operating Ireland's electricity grid for a cleaner energy future. Check out airgrid.ie for more. You're listening to Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103 and I hope you're enjoying our programme so far this week. Well, we're very much in back to school mode this week and I know one of the challenges, like even for us going to work, but particularly for parents, is the lunchbox. You know, we all need to have that midday snack and it can be, well, boring, a bit dull and I know for many households, they can end up with soggy sandwiches being left in the bottom of the school bag at the end of the day. So I'm talking with Breda Mullaney, who is a nutritional therapist. Breda, I'm hoping you're going to be able to make our lunches a little bit more exciting this week. Well, I hope. Talk me through 
are options. Like I know, well, like when I went to school and I was getting lunches, it was basically a sandwich and I think mm. a, I think a yogurt and some kind of a drink. Like it wasn't like no shade of my parents, but it wasn't particularly exciting. But standards have changed and um, I see people bringing crudités to work and scrambling eggs in microwavable cups and I don't even know what parents, how they manage to keep it interesting for children who have, well, higher standards, it might be yes. suggested. <laughs> so like, if, you're, if we take it for the school lunches to begin the conversation um, with Brida, um, I know in many schools there will be a lot of rules around what you're allowed to put in a lunchbox. Mm. Yeah, a lot of schools would have a healthy eating policy. Okay. The majority would have. So that's to kind of, to prevent things like um, lots of chocolate, lots of biscuits, lots of cake, um, crisps, that sort of thing, junk food really coming into the school. So that is the main basis of it. After that, they're fairly okay, other than if there is um, a nut allergy within the school, they might not allow any nuts into the school. Generally speaking, they're pretty okay as regards what a healthy lunchbox should be. And I know there's a lot of information there handed out, particularly for children beginning school, about what to put into a healthy lunchbox. And I suppose if there is any allergies or that, Mm. it's up to the parents to notify the school and then the the school to take action based on that. So if you get a note home, it is important to take a look at that and say, well, Johnny has a peanut allergy, so we can't we can't do peanuts or we can't do whatever it might be. And that's for very good reason that there is, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're being asked not to put this in your child's school bag for a medical reason. It's not just for the crack. Exactly, exactly. So that does have to be adhered to because it's just, if there is a nut allergy there, it it really is quite severe if there's a reaction. So what would, for, say, a primary or secondary school student, what would a healthy lunchbox look like? What should we be putting into them? Okay, I think we should kind of go back a little bit as regards kind of what to put into a lunchbox in the sense of maybe giving children, particularly younger children, a choice okay. of healthy options, maybe, because I have seen myself with, say, lunchboxes coming home, lunchboxes coming into school beautifully packed and, you know, fabulous lunches and they're all going home because... <laughs> children don't want to eat what's in it healthy and all as they are but sometimes I think if you can give a choice maybe of three things I say you pick that pick whichever one of those three things you want to put into your lunchbox be it fruit be it a wrap or whatever the case may be and they have a choice in it they're far more likely to actually eat what's in the lunchbox So when you say give them a choice you're pre-selecting what they can choose from to begin with Absolutely, okay. absolutely. Okay. I mean, they have to pick from those, we'll say, three different things. And for particularly for smaller children, I think the lunchboxes with the dividers are excellent. And then they can put a little bit in each of the, the dividers, be it some grapes maybe, some cheese, a yogurt, a wrap or something like that. At least then they're separated out and they're not in the one mess in the middle of a lunchbox, <laughs> which I remember from my day. And Breda, like right now we're in the middle of August and 
I'm like I'm thinking well maybe kids should be involved in the grocery shopping and and yeah. and I do think they should be involved in the grocery mm. shopping they should see where their food comes from and they should understand how to pick you know a ripe banana or whatever it might be mm. but yeah. and this idea of having them help put the lunchbox together but by the time we get to the end of the first week in September and we're all exhausted and cranky those ambitions can go out the window. So, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Like you know, and I do sympathise. Like I, don't, I only have myself to get out the door in the morning, and I find that hard. Like it's, mm-hmm. do you know how? Like, is is it something? Like, is a lunchbox if you're trying to put in fresh fruit and fresh proteins? Like, is there anything you could do maybe at the weekend to help ease what your workload during the week? Um, I suppose they, maybe making a decision at the weekend, kind of the generally speaking, what you're going to put into the lunch boxes for the week. Okay. You know, um, have a general idea. We'll say from particularly if you've done it maybe for a week or two, and then the the novelty wears off. At least in those couple of weeks at the beginning, you kind of get a picture of exactly what's coming home to you for starters. Mm-hmm. You know, in the lunch box, what's not been eaten. Um, and I think sometimes as well, you would notice that um, I think particularly for small children, not to overfill the lunchbox. Because it can be actually very overwhelming for a child when they see all this food in one spot and they're having so little time to eat it. I mean, they have a small break and then they have a bigger break. And really and truly, all children want to do is go out and play at that stage. <laughs> They want to have a chat with their friends. They don't want to be stuck yeah. at their desk eating. Yeah, and you get to all this food that mammy or daddy is after putting into this wonderful lunchbox. So sometimes I think not to overfill. And I think if you let the children have a little bit more choice in that, they won't overfill the lunchbox. Okay, right. Okay, okay. And then if you don't overfill and they've got very little to choose from, then they're more likely to eat all of it. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then if we are trying to be minimalist in our approach to packing lunch boxes. What definitely needs to go in there? Like I assume some piece of fruit has to go in every day. Absolutely, absolutely. You're kind of looking at the, the thing that goes into everybody's lunch box or everybody's meals, your three main food groups, your protein, your carbs and your healthy fats. So no matter whether you're an adult or a child, it should be all based around those three things. So with fruit in particular, I think whether if you're giving them, say, oranges or pears or anything like that, if that's what they like to eat, peel them. Yeah. Don't, you know, uh, slice an apple or slice a pear, if that's what they're having, or peel an orange. Because, first of all, trying, uh, you know, when a teacher could possibly have 30 children in the classroom, she's not going to, or he, they're not going to be able to peel 30 oranges. <laughs> no. So, okay, so you have... You've got some fruit, you've, in, you know, you've hopefully brought the little one to the groceries store, to, to the supermarket to help pick all these things out. They've selected out of your selection what they want in the lunchbox for the week. Mm. What else mm. needs to go in there? Well, you need, a, you need a source of protein. So that would be your sliced meats, your turkey, your bit of chicken. Um, nut butter if it's allowed, particularly almond or cashew. You can have that. Um, a hard-boiled egg, which is highly unlikely, I'd say maybe a small child would bring, but you'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit of tuna or salmon, but I I can imagine that would be a surprise <laughs> from some children. But some children are very, very good. Um, then you'd have your carbs, which is obviously your fresh fruit, and some things like carrot sticks. And you things like... Um, 
wraps, whole grain wraps or pit stops. Okay. You can kind of go with the more whole grain side of things. They would obviously be better than all white. But if needs be, if that's the case, you have to use white. But lots of coloured, um, lots of colour, I think. If you even, I know a lot of children would eat peppers, so slice up peppers, have them pepper sticks. Some children like celery, go ahead with that. I know some children will eat raw broccoli. Raw broccoli? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Uh, Yes, yeah, yeah. God, that's a new one. I, I, I'm not much of a fan of broccoli, I have to admit. Raw broccoli, right, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. I didn't even know that you could eat it raw. I, I love raw carrots. Um, okay, right. This is, why I, this is why I love chatting to you, Brida, and getting on the show when, when, when I can, because I learn something new all the time. Okay, so a piece of protein. Um, on the bread and the, the wraps and all of that, mm. like I know, okay, go whole grain. I, I quite like, and they can be hard to get. Um, now I have to do gluten free, but the beetroot mm. wraps. I love beetroot oh, yeah. wraps. Um, yeah. But these, they are very processed. Um, yeah. And I was just reading something recently about the, the wraps and bread and looking at the salt content. Mm. Mm. Like, is there, it can, like when you go into the bread aisle now, in a, in, say in a supermarket, and, and, and quite frankly, even in, if, if you're lucky enough to have a bakery in, in near you as well, it, it can be overwhelming and it can be really hard to know which is the healthier choice because some of them, they'll say gluten-free or they'll say vegan or oh. they'll say healthy or they'll be in green packaging. Um, <laughs> and that's all great marketing. Look, and we all love bright coloured packaging, like that's just proven, but it can be very difficult to know which is the healthier option. So what should we be looking for when we're picking these things up uh, um, doing the supermarket shop? Um, I do say the least amount of processing as possible. But um, anything, you know, if you can, obviously, sourdough bread would be the best if you can get it. If proper sourdough, bakery sourdough, not um, shop bought as such. Okay. Bakery sourdough. Why is it healthier, Brida? Because of the way it's fermented. There's very little in it. If you notice, we'll say, generally speaking, anything that can last, particularly bread, if you make it at home, how long would it last? God, it's a long time now since I made a loaf of bread, Brida. I have to admit. Sourdough <laughs> bread does not last. Okay. You have two days maybe unless you freeze it and you can freeze it, slice it and freeze it if you want to hold on to sourdough because it is expensive. But if you buy a loaf of bread, the best before date is normally a week, yeah. two weeks. The wraps are pretty much the same and the longer the date, the more processed it is. Yeah, and I know particularly for people who are celiac, um, like some of the some of the end by da- or use by dates, they could be months down the line, and you're looking at this going, I don't think I want to put this in my body because like yeah. that needs an awful lot of processing to get that kind of longevity at it. Um, exactly. Okay, so you're looking for something with a shorter use by date, um, yeah. right? Okay, and okay, so sourdough bread, if you can get it fresh from a bakery. Um, and mm-hmm. I know we've lots of brilliant bakers right around the Midlands. Oh, so, so, like, absolutely. fantastic. What about wraps then? They do tend to be quite processed. So is there is there a healthy wrap or are they healthy at all? They're, they're much of a muchness to a slice of bread. You know, a slice of, you know, your loaf. They're pretty much much of a muchness. But I think children prefer them than bread because they're easier, they're lighter. Mm. They feel lighter. 
But there's not a whole lot of difference, really. Sometimes they're actually, depending, be eating the small wraps anyway, so they wouldn't be too bad. I think we have to kind of err on the side of what will they eat. Are they going to eat it or not? Yeah. <laughs> and okay. sometimes you just have to go with it, the fact that if they're going to eat it and they're eating, that's, if they're eating it and you're balancing it, then with fresh foods, um, vegetable sticks, things like that, then you're actually making it balanced. And the body's well able for something if you balance it. Okay, okay. And I know that you can get some brands will do like mini wraps so they don't have to be the big massive ones. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd be going, particularly for smaller children, I'd be going with the mini wrap. Okay, and, they, and will they have enough energy from something like that to continue on with the activities then in school? Like, you know, they're, they're growing, they're busy, they're, they're playing oh. with their friends, they need energy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if they're, if they're getting in a protein... And they're getting in some, as I said, your fresh fruit, your your carrot sticks, your vegetables, um, and a wrap. And then if they're getting in a little bit of healthy fat, we'll say if they're taking a bit of cheese, you know, cheese cubes, or if they're allowed um, a portion of nuts to walk away with that, or a yogurt, particularly Greek yogurt. Okay, okay. Uh, because there's, there's more protein okay. in a full-fat Greek yogurt. Now, I'm a great believer in the full-fat version, not the diet version. Because mm-hmm. diet persons tend to be more full of sugar. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you can get a small portion of, even just push it into a separate container and a little portion of Greek yogurt and a little bit of maybe a couple of strawberries on top of it and let them work away. I know yogurts can become messy, so you have to be careful. If the child can't manage a yogurt on their own at home, they're not going to be able to do it in the lunch bag. Exactly, exactly. Okay, exactly. right, okay. Yeah. So they, you know, you have to err on the side of, and sometimes schools don't allow them at all because they, you know, there's a lot of things like your, which I don't like is those frugs and all of that and they are so messy. Mm, yeah, and, and then even just the smell if a child mm. if a chi- <laughs> child spills a yogurt they can become if, and if you know yeah they can become very very stinky but they're a lovely treat though as well like it feels like yeah. like the thing with the yogurt is um if you have your piece of fruit and you have your little sandwich whether that's a traditional sandwich or in a mm. wrap mm. then if you're having a bit of yogurt then you kind of feel like that's your dessert um Breda yeah. Mulaney, we are going to ask you to stay with us we're going to take a quick break and we will be back in a few moments time do you need treatment or surgery? There's no need to wait or travel abroad. Receive treatment at Kingsbridge Private Hospital in Belfast or Ballykelly under the Northern Ireland Planned Healthcare Scheme at potentially no cost. Why wait? Text hello to 51777 or visit kingsbridgeprivatehospital.com for further information. Let's Go Green, sponsored by Airgrid, managing and operating Ireland's electricity grid for a cleaner energy future. Check out airgrid.ie for more. You're listening to Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103 and we're joined this week by nutritional therapist Breda Mullaney. Now, Breda, we focused there in the first part of our conversation on school lunch boxes and trying to make them interesting and getting the child involved in picking them out. But, do you know, like for adults going to work... um, like we can get into terrible routines of eating the same thing day in, day out. And it it can be quite dull. Um, you mentioned protein balls before the break there um, and making them yourself. Because like protein balls are, are I'm never, I never cease to be amazed by the price of protein balls, even though I actually quite enjoy the taste of them. Um, yeah. So uh, they are something, and I've, I have, I have not recently, and I should start doing it again myself. They are something that are reasonably easy to make and you can stick them in the fridge oh, yeah. and you'll get the week out of them, won't you? 
Oh, gosh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And they are fairly straightforward. Um, quick idea is, say, you'd have your dates or your, uh, you can use um, dates or things, something like that. Um, a couple of almonds, walnuts, pecans, hazelnuts if you want. Um, a bit of coconut oil, cocoa powder, your chia seed or ground seed. And if you want to add in then a scoop of um, protein powder, you can have use a pea protein or whatever protein powder you like. And some toss them then in some coconut. And there you go. <laughs> now, protein powder. Yeah. How... It's something that I'm always, I have to be honest, I'm always nervous of. It's not that I haven't ever bought it, I have. But, like, it's it's heavily processed. Um, protein powder is not exactly something you would find naturally in the environment. So I would suppose I would I would have environmental concerns around. Um, you know, they're, they're so processed and so prepackaged. Um, but, like, are, are they safe to include, like, protein powders, are they nutritionally safe to be including because in, I know some people would really go to town on that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you, you have a lot that would use it for, for working out and mm. like that. Um, I tend to use the plant-based proteins. Okay. The way. Um, I find them an easier. I find them easier on your stomach in particular. Um, but I wouldn't be talking about using a huge amount. Talking, you know, it's just to add in so that actually over the whole lot of the which if you made the protein bars over them there wouldn't be a huge amount in each of them. Okay, right, okay. So we're not overwhelming the body with like if you were taking a scoop of protein into a drink and you were letting the whole drink down. It's a different way of looking at it. Right, yeah, I, I, I get you. So you're you're putting in a scoop into a recipe for, in this case, your protein balls, and then exactly. there's not that much, there's, there's enough for in there's each little much. ball, and you, you only ever yeah. eat one of those balls because they do tend to be very, very filling. Um, yeah. I see a lot of people at work um, doing the whole, the protein shakes and doing, mm-hmm. or it may be a protein bar for lunch. Mm-hmm. Um and like I know they feel like they're doing the healthy thing are they? You're, you're probably better off to get your protein from your food Okay. from whole food from real food it's that simple you're, if you're eating a protein bar while uh, you know just what else you're having if that's your, your only lunch as some people will do just have a protein bar and that's it mm. that's not enough for starters so it's it's not a, pr- a protein bar for lunch is it's just not good enough. It's not enough food, no. and it's no. and it's not natural food. Exactly, okay. exactly. So you're as well. If you want to get your protein, and you should, everyone would be unless you're um, a bodybuilder mm. or you're doing a huge amount of exercise, you don't actually need additional proteins in your diet if you're eating it. If you're eating a good diet, see. That's the thing, isn't it? Like we see, and especially in social media, like um, every now and then um, you'll see people, oh, I'm, I'm trying out this, or I'm trying out that. Yeah. And yeah. and then all of a sudden you find yourself thinking, God, I wonder what that tastes like. I wonder, would that make me lose weight or would that make me do yeah. this or would that help me bulk up? And like, I can see how people fall into the trap so easily. But, you know, these things, and I assume they're quite full in sugar as well. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. There, there's a balance of it. It's and preservatives and additives and things like that to give it a shelf life. Mm. So if you stick with your chicken or your salmon or your tuna, your hard-boiled eggs, any of the nut butters, particularly almond or cashew, as opposed to the butter because of the palm oil, um, you are more than sufficiently getting your protein intake. Now, protein, the reason protein is always kind of pushed is because it makes you feel fuller for longer. It's more, you know, it just makes you feel fuller Mm -hmm. and you're not as hungry after it. I mean, your breast of chicken, on average, has 31 grams of protein. Yeah. Your your can of tuna, depending if it's in water, it has 24 grams of protein. And and if it's in oil, it has 32 grams of protein. And that's your average four ounce tin on tuna. You have that on a salad, you have your protein intake. Well, can you have too much protein? Um, it would be difficult enough if you're taking it in in a food group. But if you're, you're doing, doing in food. but if you're yeah, doing if you're these doing, protein shakes, there is some talk of it actually affecting your kidneys. Yeah, um, if you're have, you're in taking a lot of it, there is some indication that it can affect the kidneys if there's a lot of protein going in there, and you'd find that in particular. I think with young men, mm-hmm. as opposed to um, girls, so girls we make a protein shake. But the boys, in particular, young men tend because of the physique, the look of the body, they're influenced by social media just as much as girls are. Okay. okay. How they look and how the you know. If you're, if you're looking at love under any of those particular type of programs, it can be heavily influenced there. Yeah, yeah, okay. We're taking the intake, the high intake of protein and the low carb intake and all of that makes them shred it. And that's where they work that. Yeah, okay. So if, if you want to have, a, a, say like you want to have something like a protein shake for lunch, mm. maybe you feel you don't like, you don't like the feeling maybe of being too full afterwards and, and not being able to concentrate on work. And I know, I know you're probably not a fan of smoothies because they, you know, you're taking everything in and it just goes straight through. But um, is there an alternative? Could we make something up ourselves that would be more healthy than the likes of a protein shake out of a box? Oh, absolutely. You can make it, absolutely. You can have, um, if you're making a smoothie, make it a vegetable smoothie as much as possible. Okay. Okay. <coughs> or a green smoothie or those sort of things because with, particularly with fruit, when you are making it into smoothie, it is a high sugar taste. Mm-hmm. Be far more balanced if you kind of go with something like, you can do things like uh, beetroot, chopped beetroot, with that and then if you peel an orange that'll sweeten it you can use ginger and lemon juice and some cucumber and then you use that then if you wanted to add in, um, you could add in some nut butter in there or if you wanted to add in uh, vegetable protein of some description another you know um, even a Greek yogurt Okay, so you could put in your, your Greek yogurt or, or maybe your, your pea protein if you're that way inclined. Uh, beetroot, a bit of a bit of orange, a bit of spinach, um, and maybe ginger, some... Ginger, lemon and cucumber. Ginger, lemon, cucumber. And did you mention almond butter there as well? 
You can put a lot of butter if you want to, uh, you know, if you're not putting in uh, Greek yogurt, if you want to put it, or you can put in both. Okay, so, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, there's sure. Your, there's, your, there's your heat of protein, no problem whatsoever. Uh, you know, you can, things like avocado mm. into smoothies. Um, your cucumber, um, like that again, spinach, you can add in a bit of some mint if you want, mint leaves, tea seeds, which are high omega 3. And think even if you want to add in, particularly after exercise, if you want to add in coconut water, the electrolyte. Yeah, I have to admit now, and poor Breida's line is dropping on us there, so we might have to oh, to, to wrap this up, Breida. But I, I can't. I tried coconut water, and maybe in something it tastes an awful lot better. But my God, on its own, it's very, very bland altogether. I'm not a fan, but I'm sure lots of people out there will disagree with me. But Breida Mullaney, you have um, are you are a wealth of knowledge, and you've given us so many tips and tricks there to make our lunches healthier and a little bit more interesting because I think if they're interesting we're more likely to actually eat them and yeah, I for one uh, have been experimenting a bit with avocado I've had avocado and chocolate cake this summer and yeah. I've been shocked with how nice it tastes so there's always oh, something yeah. we can try uh, Breda oh, thank absolutely. you so much Not a problem Ashling. lovely to talk to you Take care and Good luck with the lunch boxes <laughs> Thanks Breda We will be back after the break Let's Go Green, sponsored by Airgrid, managing and operating Ireland's electricity grid for a cleaner energy future. Check out airgrid.ie for more. You're listening to Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103 and we are coming to the end of this week's programme. Our best wishes to everyone, parents and siblings included, um, because I know it's not just one person in a house that does the Leaving Cert, it is the entire family. So best wishes to everybody um, awaiting your results. And remember that advice from Betty McLaughlin, there's no need to panic. There are so many options out there. And just doing the, the research for tonight's show and seeing all of those courses that you can take in environmental matters, like it looks really interesting. I'd be tempted to go back myself. Um, but um, no, <laughs> I I have to stay, I have to stay going with the old, uh, the working life uh, for now, at least. But um, there's so many options out there. And if you are unsure of what you'd like to do, like pick up the phone and ask the college for advice. Can you speak to the course coordinator? Because they'll be the person best placed to talk you through what the course will be um, be about. Like a module might be like, I know I teach on many courses and you might have a module called individual project. But what on earth is that? You know, it's, it can be very, uh, the details in the modules might be a bit basic online. But, you know, pick up the phone and ask the questions and get to know, get a feel for the place. See if you might actually like that college because if they're nice to deal with over the phone they're more than likely going to be nice to deal with in person but that's just my take on it and obviously as well thanks so much to Breda Mullaney a nutritional therapist I hope we gave you some ideas for a healthier lunch because it is that time of year when we are all trying to get you know back into a good routine after the relaxed days of summer not that we don't do work over the summer we do but it is a bit more of a relaxed time of year and it's good to have a good healthy balanced diet um, preferably locally sourced where possible as always, if you would like to get involved in Let's Go Green, please do get in contact with me. Go on to midlands103.com, click on the on-air team. You'll see my name there, Ashling O'Rourke, and you can send me a message directly. Just hit contact Ashling. And, you know, I'm always open for suggestions. If there's something you want to talk about on air with me or if there's something maybe you don't want to come on air, but you think I should be talking about it, well, then get in contact with me.
I hope you have a great week. I'll be back same time next week with Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103. Let's Go Green, sponsored by Airgrid, managing and operating Ireland's electricity grid for a cleaner energy future. Check out airgrid.ie for more.